I had a great privilege. I know many of you had been telling me that you'd been praying to visit the country of Madagascar last week. Um, I thought it—I thought it was a cartoon, but it's a place and um, awesome. It is the fourth largest island on the planet. It's just off the east coast of southern Africa, and uh, it is—it is an incredible place. Uh, several of us were invited to go there. And uh, in part to view the ministry that was taking place there and be able to bring back a report um, to some individuals who are involved in the process of funding that. But as well to encourage the missionaries that are there. And I had the chance to preach nine times in five days. Like a kid in a candy store. It was... It was fantastic. We were, we were in orphanages. We were in um, just open-air outdoor evangelism meetings. Uh, we had the chance to preach in several churches. Dedication for a brand new church plant that I had the, the opportunity to preach. As well as uh, we did ministry in a village that's literally built on top of a garbage dump. And uh, just, just some heartbreaking things to see. But right in the middle of so many things, God's kingdom is moving forward. And it was fun to literally watch that happen. And so thank you for your prayers. Just a neat opportunity. And uh, this actually was, was a message that God has been um, kind of growing inside of me as we prepared for this new series that we're beginning today and had the opportunity to preach two different churches last week. And, uh, and I won't use an interpreter today because I think some of you say I'm hard to understand, but it's pretty basically the, the same thing. And so we'll, we'll, we'll do this today. Important message about who God is and what he does in our lives. We're going to take the next few months and, and take a journey through the book of Joshua. Joshua is one of my favorite books in the Old Testament, and it's a journey into God's promises for the people of God. Moses led the Israelites out of Egypt. He led them out of slavery and captivity, and he led them into the wilderness. And as you know, for 40 years, they wandered in the wilderness, and then at some point, Moses led them out of the wilderness, but Joshua leads the people into the promise. God hands Joshua the keys to the car and says, you're driving now. And leads them into the promises of God. And we're going to take the next 12 weeks or so and dig into what scripture tells us is in this process of moving into your promised land. Into the vision that God has for your life and his promises for you. The Bible makes it very clear that it is filled with promises for the way that we live our lives. John chapter 10 verse 10 says that the thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. But Jesus said, I have come that you may have life and not mediocre life. Not ho-hum life, not status quo life. He says it's so that you can have life to the full. That you can live in the promises that he has for you. That he wants you to live in. That's why our vision as a church is life change. We believe that when you have a personal encounter with Jesus Christ, it changes your life. It makes things different. That's our vision. To see people experience that. And that's what this series really is all about. Here's, Here's the basic premise. That the people of God are created to live in the promises of God. That there is a promised land that God has for us. A way that he wants for us to live in his joy and in his peace, in his provision, in his strength. And how do we find that and live in that way in our lives? How do we live in the promises of God in our families, in our school, in our jobs, in our marriage, in our parenting, in our ministry? in our victory, in our challenges, when we need healing, in our finances. How do we take these truths from Scripture and apply them right to where we live? So in these next few weeks, we're going to talk about how to handle transition, how to prepare for a move of God in our lives, 
How do we find spiritual health and take steps of faith? How do we overcome obstacles? How do we deal with sin? How do we celebrate God's blessings? How do we find discernment? How do we grow in our commitment? How do we understand this concept of spiritual warfare? And we'll look at all these different aspects. In fact, it's going to be fun to see how God's going to lead us as we walk through this very important Old Testament book of Joshua and see what it teaches to us today. But before we dig into any of that, I think there's a critical place for us to start. Before Joshua took any step into the promised land, before he stood and addressed the Israelites and said, all right, boys, here's where we're going. God spoke something to him that was so important and so powerful that we need to hear it today. Joshua chapter 1, verse 9. We're going to begin there today and look at this verse. Joshua chapter 1, verse 9. Listen to what God says. He says to Joshua, Have I not commanded you? Now that question is really important. Because what God is about to say to Joshua, Joshua has already heard. In fact, if you go back to the book of Deuteronomy, Moses said it to the people. And then Moses said it to Joshua. In Deuteronomy, God himself says it to Joshua. In this first chapter of Joshua, three times in just a few verses, God says the same thing. Three times, Joshua, I want you to hear this. Then later in this chapter, the people say the same words to Joshua. And then later in the book, Joshua says these words to the people. If there is anything that is at the center of this book, if there's anything that we need to grasp and get a hold of, if we're going to move into the promised land that God has for us, it's these words. Look at this with me. Joshua chapter 1, verse 9. God says, Have I not commanded you, be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged. For the Lord your God will be with you wherever you go. This is a huge statement. It's an encouragement from God to Joshua. And a promise that's attached to it. So let's take a few minutes and, and unpack this today. What is it that God is speaking to us in these promises? The first thing that he encourages Joshua with is these two words. He says, Joshua, be strong. Be strong. What is strength? Strength implies the ability that you can do something. That you have the power to do it and that you're going you're gonna to put that power into motion and you're going to do something with it. It requires strength. You, you know those moments and some of you have been there where you've got a jar, maybe a, a jar of pickles or jam or something and you just, you just can't, you can't get it open. You try twisting that thing, you just can't get it open. And then you find some massively strong person like me and, and you say, here, can you get this? And then strength comes on that and strength doesn't, really mean anything until it starts moving. Until it starts twisting that thing and then comes off and you celebrate. Strength moves forward. And it's an important thing that we grasp what God is saying to Joshua here. He says, be strong. The, the flights that we took to, to Madagascar went from Detroit to Paris and then Paris down to Madagascar. About eight, nine hours one way and about 10 or 11 hours the other. And it's just... What a good time. And you, you, can't, uh, you can't get out and stretch your legs. I'll just, I'll just be real honest. Those, I'm a bit of a control freak, so those flights over the ocean just really, I mean, it's just like, can we just stop for a minute? I just want to see where we're at. And you, you, you die if you try that. And so we didn't. But so it's a long flight. So I sit down, and next to me is this little guy about 10 years old and his mom. 
and they, they both speak French. She speaks a little bit of English, and we talked for a little bit at the beginning, but it was an effort for us to communicate, which, which was wonderful. That meant they weren't going to bother me. So <laughs> we can be honest, right? You're the same way. So we're sitting there, and you're, you're in this flight. We're about, I don't know, halfway through, and this little guy, he's watching the screen in front of him. He's got his headphones on. He just starts whistling. He's the happiest little guy. I thought there was like a hole in the plane. And then all of a sudden, I was, oh, that's just him. He's so happy. He's having a good time. So they, they speak French. They don't speak much English. And I speak just un peu French. And so at one point, I look over at the little guy. And I see that he's looking at his mom. And I don't understand what he's saying. But I know exactly what he's saying. Because he's looking at his mom. And he's going like this. <laughs> kind of looking at her. And his statement is this. Mom. You see my muscles? You see how strong I am? He wanted her to see this. And his mom, who was in a flight-induced coma at the moment, right? She's just like, oh, come on. She reaches over, and she gives him that little mom smile, and she reaches over, and she grabs his puny little biceps. And she squeezes them. And I don't know what she said, but I know exactly what she said. And she reached over, and she squeezed him, and she said, you are so strong. You're so strong. And then she sat back in her chair and went back into her coma, right? <laughs> but not him. He sat back in his chair like this. He, he goes, you better believe I'm strong. And I just, I just watched him in that moment. We like to think that we're strong. We like for people to tell us, oh, you're, you're so strong. It's something that we pride ourselves in when we face hard times, when something comes our way. I can take that, I can do that, because I'm, I'm strong. The truth is, oftentimes, what we stink, we, what we stink. <laughs> Some of that on the flight, too, but that's uh, it's flying internationally. It's no big deal. Um, what, what we think is strength is really pretty puny. There's often not much to it. So where does our strength come from? What is strength? Strength means, especially in this context, God says to Joshua, Joshua, it's time for you to move. You've been wandering in the wilderness long enough. You've been waiting for this moment, and now it's here. The door is now open for you. It's time to go forward. So Joshua, put your strength into action. It's time for you to be strong. You need to take a step. You need to move forward. And here's something that's critical for some of you to understand. If you're going to claim the promises of God for your life, that entering the promised land will require that you leave the wilderness. The Israelites were never going to move forward. They wanted to get into the promised land, but they liked the wilderness. They were there for 40 years. It was a wilderness, but it was their wilderness. And they had it figured out. Look, some of you, when we talk about the promises of God, when we talk about living in victory, when we talk about moving your life forward, you say, that sounds nice, but is it going to cost me something? Is it going to take work? Look, you may be comfortable where you are, but there are things that need to be left behind if you're going to move into all that God has for you and his promises for your life. Here's just the honest truth. Some of you, your relationships are just flat. Your marriage is mediocre. You've been stuck in that same place for years. And you said to yourself, this is just where I am. And God would say, I have something more and better for you in that area of your life. But you're going to need to be strong. 
You're going to have to take the effort to twist the lid off the jar to move those things forward. For some of you, you're struggling in your school or in your education or in your job right now. It's time to move forward. For some of you, it's a long-term financial struggle that you just kept ignoring. You just kept ignoring. And what God is speaking to you today is, look, it's time to be strong. It's time to put these things into action and move forward, which then digs down to where we really get honest. Because some of you would say, oh, yeah, I'm strong. But if you and I honestly spoke, you'd say, you know, the truth is, I don't know that I have the strength to be strong. I don't know that I really have it in me. So we have to ask the question, truthfully, where does strength come from? And the Bible tells us that it comes from a place that you might not expect. 2 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 9. Look at what Paul says. 2 Corinthians 12, 9. Paul says, But he said to me, God said to me, My grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness. Therefore, I will boast all the more gladly about my weaknesses, so that Christ's power may rest on me. That is why, for Christ's sake, I delight in weaknesses, in insults, in hardships, in persecutions, in difficulties. Listen to this. For when I am weak, then I am strong. Well, that doesn't make any sense. But that's God's way. When we realize our need for him, when we come face to face genuinely with our own weakness, that's where we truly find strength. Philippians chapter 4 verse 13 says it this way. I can do all this through him who gives me strength. Who is him? It's God, isn't it? He tells us that our strength comes through Jesus Christ. My strength is found in Christ Jesus. That's where I find it. That's where I rest. My strength is found in Christ Jesus. Many of you would, would find this hard to believe, but I have no history as a bodybuilder. And, um, but sometimes people work on their muscles for show. It's not bad. It's not a bad thing. But then sometimes it's, it's not just for show. Sometimes it's for strength. And there's nothing wrong with having muscles for show. But if you don't use them, what good is it to have them? Does that make sense? Strength needs to move something forward. Joshua, it's time for you to get out of the wilderness. Joshua, it's time for you to lead these people forward. So Joshua, it's time for you to put things into action. It's time for you to be strong. It's time for you to move forward. Because strength is worthless unless it is active. He tells us to be strong. Then God goes on to say this. He not only says, Joshua, be strong. He goes on to say that Joshua needs to be courageous. He says, be strong and be courageous. If strength is what we do outwardly, then courage is the inner resolve. It's where that strength actually comes from. And what's interesting is we need courage when we're going to face the unknown. Centuries ago, before satellites and computers and airplanes and rocket ships, when sailors would go out, they would take maps that were prepared by cartographers, by map makers. And the map makers would write down what they knew. But there was much of the world that was unexplored. So they would draw what they knew. They would make a map of what they were familiar with. And then when they would get to the edges, when they would get to the places that were yet unexplored, they would write, beyond this point, there be dragons. It just assumed that something scary and dangerous was on the other side. That's why we need courage. 
Because courage becomes so important when we're going to face the unknown. And if you're going to move forward into the promises of God for your life, if you're truly going to live in your promised land, then at some point you're going to come head to head with the unknown. You're going to come face to face with things that you can't truly answer. And courage comes when we trust an unknown future to a known God. Do you know everything about the future? No, you can't. Does God know everything about the future? Absolutely he does. And so we take our future and we trust it to him because we know that he knows and that he can lead us into that future. And I can, I can tell you this, probably more than any other time in history, in our nation, the church is going to need courage. Isn't that true? We're going to need courage to stand for what is right because so much of what God's word says is becoming under attack and the intensity of that is not going to decrease. A challenge of the truth in areas of what is sin and what is not. When we start talking about things like life and gender and marriage and sin, standing for the truth is going to require more and more in our day and time courage. Where do we find courage? We find it through Jesus Christ. Here's how General George Patton said it. He said, courage is fear that has said its prayers. Isn't that a good line? When we look to God, when we move towards him, that's where we find courage. Courage to share our faith. Courage to start something new. Courage to try to fix that relationship that seems too tricky or too difficult. And what's so interesting is that at the same time when God says, Joshua, be courageous, a very positive statement, two very positive statements, right? Be strong, be courageous. He then follows it up with two encouragements of not to do something. Avoidance. You need to avoid these two things. The third thing that he says to Joshua is this. Do not be afraid. Because when it's time for us to be strong and courageous, there will always be things that will try to rob us of our strength and courage. There will always be things that we can be inclined to be fearful of. What, what do you think is a, in our day and time, what do, you, what do you think is an extremely common fear that a lot of people have? I think a lot of people are afraid of sharks. Wouldn't you say that's true? It's interesting. What do we do? We take one whole week out of the year. That's more than we really give to Christmas. And it's shark week. <laughs> right? We terrify ourselves for a week. Shark week. I know people who when they, they go on vacation, they go to the ocean, they sit there and they look at it, but they will not put a foot in it because they're afraid that a shark knows that they're there waiting for them. It just brings fear to us. Here's, here's the truth. The um, Foreign Policy magazine claims that on average, less than one American, here's the stat, 0.92 American people. That's like a person without a head or something. I don't know, right? 0.92 people die each year from a shark attack. That's on average. Less than one person a year. Listen to these other stats. Take a look at this picture. Trampolines account for an average of 1.1 deaths per year. She should not be so happy. Look at her. Look at this next one. Anybody know what that is? Oh, oh a lot of excited people. <laughs> yeah. Uh, what, what is that? Okay, those of you who said roller coaster, come on. What is, what is that? What is that? That's the... It's a Gemini. You're good Americans. Roller coasters take 1.15 lives per year. More than sharks. Here's this next one. Vending machines. <laughs> listen, listen. 
before you go get those bugles and a Pepsi, vending machines account for 2.06 deaths every year. Yeah. That'll teach you. How about this next one? Riding lawnmowers kill 5.22 lives per year. Either that guy is oblivious or he's heading towards someone. He's got a grudge with his neighbor. That smile. Look at this next one. Fireworks cause 6.6 deaths per year. Skydiving accidents account for 21.2 deaths per year. This is, this is the last one. Getting crushed by a television or furniture causes an average of 26.44 deaths every year. Your Sony kills 26 times more people than Jaws. So the author of this article basically concludes with this. Quit your crying and go swimming. Sometimes we've just got to face our fears. You read through scripture hundreds of times. God says this in his word. Do not be afraid. Fear not. It is a theme that is heard over and over and over again in God's word. Is it a consistent theme? Why is that? Why does God stress it? Here's what I believe. Because when fear is in control, it hinders us from moving towards God's promises. When we let fear be in control of our lives, it stops us. It slows us down. It keeps us from moving towards God's promises. And fear immediately causes us to think things that actually might not be true. When we flew into Madagascar, we, we, we found out just before we left that the, the day before, the flight that landed the day before, as it was landing at the airport, the, the airport said to them, you may not land this plane here. The aviation authorities in Madagascar were in an argument with the aviation authorities in, in Europe. And so they decided, it's kind of a little chess match, we're going to flex a little bit. And they said, if you land this plane here, we will take all your passengers hostage. Literally, it was an act of international terrorism. So they had to take this other plane and take it and move it and, and do all this at the last minute. So then the next day, we're flying in. And we had heard rumors of this. We didn't know what was going to happen. About 20 minutes before we land, the pilot basically got on the intercom and in French said, well, we're going to give it a shot. <laughs> I mean, I don't want to say anything about the French, but come on. I like your fries, but that's crazy. Okay? So we, we land the, and we get off the plane. When we get off the plane, there are 50 to 60 military personnel out there in camouflage with their machine guns staring us down as we get off the plane. Okay, this ain't Detroit. Might be parts of Detroit. Let's think about that. But you know what I mean, right? You know what I mean? Not the airport. This isn't the airport. So, so we're walking into this airport. These military people staring us down. I'm scared. Because I don't know the language. I don't fit in. I don't even have my pocket knife. I'm just, I don't know what's going on here. Here's what I did not realize. The reason they were there was not to watch me. The reason they were there was to protect me. Because the government of Madagascar said to the people at the airport, you will let this plane land and we're going to force you to do it. So the thing that scared me was actually there for my good. Oh, there's a sermon in that, isn't there? Look, sometimes the thing that scares us is actually there for our good, but we miss it. Here's what fear does to us. One of two things, I've watched this in people's lives. When we're afraid, it does one of two things. Sometimes fear just paralyzes us. 
Imagine, you know people like this, this might be you, that there's a, there's a spider in your home and you see it and your initial response is to freeze and yell to someone across the house, come get this! <laughs> right, you can't move. What you should do is this. <laughs> what you do do is this. <laughs> you start yelling, you start crying, you start wishing the bathroom was closed, whatever. You're like, that's, you, and you're paralyzed by that. Fear oftentimes paralyzes us and we just lose control. We just, we just stop. The other thing that fear does to us, sometimes it causes us to be paralyzed and lose control. Other times we just go out of control and we start running around like a chicken with our head cut off. Ah, spider! And we start going all kinds of different directions. Fear causes us to either lose control or go out of control. And either way, you've just missed out on what you should be doing. What you should be doing is this. Standing firm in a certain place. Instead, you lose out. This is why God says, do not be afraid. Because that fear will keep you from what he has for you. It will rob you from that. Fear will control us. So God says, Do not be afraid. And we say to God, thanks God, easier said than done. How is it that I don't have to be afraid? Before we answer that question, listen to the fourth thing that God says to Joshua. He not only says, do not be afraid, but he also says, do not be discouraged. He says, Joshua, in the midst of this, I'm going to hand you the keys to this thing. I want you to lead my people into the promised land. And in the midst of it, As you claim the promises that I have for your life, for your home, for your family, for your job, for your future, for your eternity. As you claim these things, Joshua, as you claim these things, Calvary, God says, do not be discouraged. Why is that? Because he's saying to you, I don't want you to give up. Why is he telling you he does not want you to give up? Because it's probably going to be hard. It's probably going to get difficult. He didn't say, Joshua, this is going to be easy. Promised land? It's like takeout. We bring it right to your your door. Manna, quail, dominoes. It's right there. The promised land? Joshua, you're going to have to go get it. And there's going to be battles. There's going to be walls. There's going to be enemies. People are going to deceive you. Joshua, at the end, there's victory. So recognize It's not going to be easy, but do not be discouraged. See, what we see in the book of Joshua is that sometimes fighting is a reality in life. Not fighting with one another, we're called to unity, but a fight. That there is a challenge, that we have to move forward, and there are some things that require strength and courage that we move forward in those things, and that we allow ourselves not to be discouraged. See, life's not always easy. Sometimes it takes work. For some of us, work is a dirty four-letter word, isn't it? <laughs> Sometimes God says, look, your marriage is going to require your effort if it's going to be healthy. If you're going to move on through school, if you're going to take those next steps, if you're going to get that degree, or if you're going to process that next part of your life, it's going to take effort. Your spiritual life may require that you put out some strength, and in the process, it's going to be easy to be discouraged. But listen to this. This is so key. We must not give up as we journey towards the promises of God. We must not give up as we journey 
towards the promises of God. Maybe, if, if, you could, if you could picture it in this way, it's like walking up a really steep hill, or maybe even like climbing a mountain. But at some point, you begin to ascend that thing because you know that at the very top is where you want to be. The promise of being there is what you have in your sights. That's, that's where you're headed. But along the way, your legs begin to say, I don't like this. And your lungs say, this burns. And your head says, this is stupid. And at some point, you say, I don't know why I'm doing this. I would prefer to give up. Maybe, I know I'm about halfway there, but this is work. This is hard. Maybe if I just curled up in a ball, I could just roll back down to the bottom. Doesn't make a whole lot of sense in the natural. But we do it all the time. When we hit a roadblock, when we get an obstacle, we get a little tired. Things didn't go exactly the way we wanted to. We're quick to be discouraged and say, oh, I'll just, I'll just give up. God says, Joshua, there's a promise at the top of this thing for you. There's something waiting for you there. So realize that it's going to be work and it's going to be difficult. This is not going to be easy. But at the end, I will show you that every step along the way, I'm going to give you victory. Every part of this, even the part where you wanted to give up and even the part when you thought I wasn't there, that's when I was the most behind you, pushing you along, helping you to get there. Joshua, do not be discouraged. That's the point of this series. As we walk through these messages on the promises of God, my prayer is that this series will put you in a place to move into God's vision for your life. Now, some of you are there. Some of you, if you and I sat down and talked, you said, I am in my spiritual sweet spot. Life is good. I'm seeing God's blessing. My family's moving forward. I'm excited. Then this series, I pray, will help you to see how you can preserve that season of your life. And we're going to talk about God's vision for this church we're going to talk about things that he has ahead for us and believe that he's going to move us forward and see more and more people experience life change through Jesus Christ. But I want to talk in these next few weeks about God's vision for your life because some of you have been wandering in a wilderness. Some of you have been waiting for a promise. Some of you have been more focused on obstacles than you have been miracles and it's been robbing you from God's blessing in your life. For some of you, you can't wait to move forward and for others of you, you feel so stuck you don't know what to do. And it's time to take a good look at your heart and for all of us, I believe this. You, you ever been to Cedar Point or Disney World or somewhere like that when they open the park? There's all these people and there's this moment where they open the gate and with smiles on their faces, at least at that point, people go rushing in because they want to claim what's there for them. They want to grab hold of what's ahead in that moment. And in that moment, you grasp that, you seize that, you move into that thing. Many of us have a season pass from God. We're just waiting to step into the amusement park of his promises and instead we just sit there at the gate just kind of waiting not taking that next step. When God has it for you, it's waiting for you. He wants you to step into his promises. He says, be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged. But how do we know that we can be? How do we know that we can find strength? How do we know that he'll give us courage? How do we know that we don't need to be afraid or discouraged? Because he said this, for the Lord, your God, will be with you wherever you go. For the Lord your God will be with you wherever you go. Why can we be strong and courageous? Because God's there. You ever, you ever been invited to something and you weren't so sure about it or you, you knew there was an event and you thought maybe I'll go, maybe I won't. And you say to a friend or 
say to your buddy, you know, there's that, there's that thing. I'll go if you go. You ever been there? I just, I don't, I don't go by myself. It'd be kind of weird, awkward, but, but if you go, I'll go. I'll go if you go. And basically, that's what God's saying. That's what, that's what Moses says to God, isn't it? Exodus chapter 33. God says, Moses, I've got great things for you. And Moses says, God, that's awesome. But if you're not there, I'm not going to go. Unless your presence goes with me, I don't want to be there. We prayed that before we took the move from Glendale to Conant Street. God, this could be really cool. It could be exciting. But if you're not there, we don't want to be there. Lord, we want to be where your presence is. We want to be where you're guiding us. We want to be where you are with us. That, Lord, you would guide us all the way. If you go... I'll go, and God says, I will go with you wherever you go. Grasp this, because this is key. For some of you, you wonder if you could ever have the promises of God. How do I even, how do I even find joy and contentment and peace and purpose in my life? For others of you, you want it, but you want it on your own terms. And here's the absolute truth of God's word, that the presence of God leads us to the promises of God. As God leads us, as he directs us, as we get to know him, then we find our peace, then we find our strength. It's the presence of God that leads us to the promises of God. And some of you, when I talked about moving forward in action and being strong, some of you said, I'm there today. You know the challenges you face, the issues that come your way in your job, leading your children, in this season of your life. Some of you, as we talked about courage, you were like, I need that because I don't know what's ahead of me. Some of you, you've even been paralyzed or you're out of control because of fear. Or some of you, you're really at a point where today you'd love to just roll up in a ball and go right back down the hill. (laughs) And God would say to you, do not be discouraged. Do not be afraid. Be courageous. Be strong because I'm with you. I'm right beside you. You don't need to fear because I'm there. How do we know it's true? Because he sent his son Jesus. Jesus came and died for us. He paid the price for your sins and for my sins. He gave his life and he rose again. And listen to what the Bible tells us. 2 Corinthians chapter 1 verse 20. For all of God's promises have been fulfilled in Christ with a resounding yes. And through Christ our amen, which means yes, ascends to God for his glory. Here's the truth, friends. The promises of God are found in Jesus. That when we look to him, When we trust him, when we make him the center of our lives, the promises of God are found in Jesus. And some of you, the most important thing that you can walk out of here today is realizing this. That where you are, the Lord your God is with you. I'll show you a picture on the screens of two guys that I spent the last week with. The the guy on the right is Jay Rostifer. He and his family are missionaries in Madagascar. And he is... A tremendous missionary. The, the guy on the left is, is Manny. Manny was our interpreter for the week. So he told us what other people were saying. And he told other people what we were saying. Or at least he made us think that that's what he was telling them. I'm not sure exactly what he said. But those guys made all the difference. Because when I landed in Madagascar. It became very clear very quickly. That the road system was very different. Their version of I-75 is about a lane and a half. And much of it is unpaved. And you would have to go north for miles before you could turn and go south because there was no real road network. So I, I had no idea where I was at. I was genuinely just plain lost. If I had to get around on my own, I would have no idea where to go. That's why I was so thankful for Missionary Jay. Because he led us. 
He had prepared the way for us. He knew where we were going and he knew how to get there. I was so glad he was there. And then I was so thankful for Manny because I didn't know what anybody was saying. And if I had hoped to communicate with anybody, I needed somebody to communicate for me and to help me, to give me insight and to understand. I would have been lost in a place where I just did not know where to go or what to do if it had not been for Jay and for Manny. It was so good that they were with me wherever I went. And on your own, you're just going to be lost. You won't have strength. You won't have the courage you need. On your own, you won't understand. And and quickly we can give way to fear and discouragement. That's why God says to Joshua, I'll be with you at school. I'll be with you on the job. I'll be with you in your finances. I'm your healer. I'll be with you. I'm your provider. I'm right there beside you. I'm the source of all wisdom. I'm the source of all power. So I'll go with you wherever you go. And that's the promise that carries us into the promised land. So my word to you today, Calvary, is this. Be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged. For the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. And that's a good word, isn't it? So would you stand with me this morning? The worship team is going to lead us in that song that we sang uh, near the end of our time earlier today. And for some of you, God's spirit has very clearly been speaking to your heart and saying, now's the time. This is the time for you to step forward, to be strong and courageous, to not be afraid, to not be discouraged. And I know it might not be all of you, but I'm sure that it's some of you and that God has specifically spoken to you today. So cool the way God's word works. I was a lady in the first service who this is her last Sunday here. She's moving literally across the country to take on a new challenge. And God so clearly spoke to her. I'll be with you wherever you go. May not be in that dramatic of a way, but for some of you, you know that this was a word from God for you today. And it's right for you to respond. And just like Joshua, to put yourself in a place that says, God, I need your strength. I need your courage. Help me today. And if that's you, as the worship team leads us, I want to pray with you today. I hope you'll have the strength and courage just to step out of your seat and come and stand here at the center of this altar for a few moments. We're going to pray for you. I want to pray together. And we're going to believe that God's going to help you as you move into this new season. And as they begin to sing, if that's you, if God's speaking to your heart, would you right now just step out of your seat? Come and find a place here to stand. I know it's, I know it's tight and I know it's a distance, but there's something significant about when we take a physical step about a spiritual reality in our lives. And so if that's you, if God is speaking to your heart today and you say, God, I need your help to be strong. God, I need your help to be courageous. I need your help. I need your strength not to be afraid and not to be discouraged. In fact, there's probably somebody in this room that right now God's speaking to your heart and the decision that you need to make today is to follow Jesus. Maybe you've said, I've tried it on my own long enough and today I need to make Jesus Christ my Lord and my Savior and give my life to Him. I would encourage you to step out of your seats as well and come and stand here. Carrie, would you lead us and let's sing this about our God who does not fail. We thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Like our God. Calvary, let's sing this. There's no one like our God.
lift your hands to the Lord. Just begin to say, God, I need your strength. I need your courage. If there's a place where there's fear in your life, would you right now just release that to him? Say, God, that fear in in my health, that fear in this new opportunity, that fear in, in my home, that fear in my finances, God, right now I release it. I give it to you. Lord, help me to be strong. Help me to be courageous. Some of you who maybe didn't take the step to the altar, but in your heart, you go, man, I know I should. Would you right now just do the same? Lord, give me your strength. Give me your courage. Father, remind me in this moment that you are always with me. Lord, we, we, we look to you and we thank you for your word. Lord, you know every story. God, you know why those of us at the altar respond today and say, God, we need you. We need to be reminded that you are always with us. Lord, you know checkbooks and you know homes. Father, you know schools and you know jobs. You know our hearts. You know, you know those deep things inside of us that we would, we would even be ashamed if other people knew. Father, you know all that. And in this moment, we hand that over to you. Lord, you know those opportunities that are so great that are ahead of us that we look at with excitement. And yet we know that we're going to need your strength. We're going to need your courage. Lord, I pray that not only in this moment would you, right now by your spirit, just just allow that truth to settle deep into hearts that the Lord your God is going to be with you everywhere that you go. That as we yield our lives to you, Lord, you'll help us with the fear. You'll help us with the discouragement that comes as we put our confidence in you. Lord, as we look to you today, we affirm that you are our source. That it's through Christ Jesus that we find our strength. That you are the one that we trust an unknown future to because you are the God who knows it all. And Lord, we pray that you wouldn't affirm this just now, but that throughout this next week, Lord, would you send us your divine reminders, those moments where we cannot help but know that God, you've spoken to us and you've reminded us of your goodness and of your greatness and of your strength in our lives. And so now, Lord, as we go from here, We ask that your spirit would help us to be strong and courageous. Send us out, we pray, with your special favor and your wonderful peace. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. God bless you. Hang on to the truths of what God is doing in your hearts. Thanks for being here today. Have a great week. We'll see you next Sunday.